You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This is officially the first intro to a podcast that I've recorded all year. I, I am telling you it's been quite hectic. Uh, for those of you that do not follow the church, uh, there are a lot of announcements that I will not be providing you, but let's just shorten the story and say my wife and I Moved to Houston. We are comfortably situated in our new home. We're still getting a few things set up, but otherwise we are very happy. My wife is moving into her third trimester of pregnancy. Woohoo! We're so excited about our coming baby boy. Oh my gosh, we are blessed. Now we are also working on the church situation and church offices here at Bride Ministries. And we met live several times. Uh, we've had streaming going on from a building here in Houston since December when we first arrived. Uh, right now, we are in the process of negotiating a new location here that will be uh, something we hope to sit in for a couple years and build out of. And so there'll be some announcements forthcoming on that for the next few weeks we're going to be doing streaming only when it comes to the church on Sunday evenings now I want to remind you all bride ministries is resource rich we have prayers available at bridemovement.com along with links to our podcast our church you will find at deliverance.bridemovement.com a deliverance portal with over 20 prayers mapped to your issues via six assessments that will send you an email into your inbox telling you what prayers to use for what issues. Do not neglect to take advantage of this resource. It took us months to build, thousands of dollars invested. And you know what? We did that as a church and a ministry to make deliverance free to the world. We want to also let you know that we have uh, coaches that we are releasing onto this platform from last year's DID Coach Mentorship Program. 14 out of 14 graduated, major testimony there of that. 12 of them are continuing on with us as certified Bride Ministries DID coaches. And we are just so excited. We are putting together an uh, area of our website, which you will find soon, and you'll be able to see all of them. They all volunteer with the ministry, meaning if you are a survivor of satanic ritual abuse, government-sponsored mind control agendas, and you have no means, we want to help you. And you can go to bridemovement.com to our ministry page. And we have a place called Need a Coach where you can apply to receive ministry-sponsored coaching from our coaches that are now volunteering with the ministry. They will provide you 16 hours of ministry-sponsored coaching as volunteers. And uh, for those of you that simply want to book sessions with someone that is capable and and, 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 and uh, resource rich to get you healing, deliverance, activation, right? My coaches are trained to do what I do. Uh, just go to bridemovement.com, find the coaches available. This is, this is uh, in development. So within the next few weeks, you will see 
uh, special page for this and everything else. And so just uh, just bear with us because we are really plowing to, to pull this off and, and, and make it available to the world. Now, uh, we are underway on our second class of the DID Coach Mentorship Program here at Bride Ministries. We have more people than last year and we are very excited about them. Uh, so uh, we are just continuing to grow. We want to be one of the most resource-rich ministries and churches uh, reaching out to survivors of satanic ritual abuse and government-sponsored mind control agendas in the world. That's what we're building towards, guys. And so uh, we are just going to keep plowing. I'll tell you, here in Houston, once we have the church and the offices set up, next step is to look at that uh, survivor housing outreach. And by the way, we're going to be talking about survivor housing today with our special guest in just a minute. I want to encourage those of you that have been sowing into Bride, keep sowing into this kingdom expanding ministry. It doesn't matter if it's rain or shine. It doesn't matter if it's 2020 or 2021, pre-corona, post-corona, during coronavirus, we're building the kingdom and you can partner with that by hitting up our donate button. By the way, did you hear we have an app? Go to the Google Play Store or the iTunes Store and download it to your phone for push notifications, easy access to prayers, podcasts, and free access to all of our most recent church sermons. All right. And one last thing, we have a new P.O. Box here in Houston. It is P.O. Box 565, Katy, Texas, 77492. Please do not send anything else to our old P.O. Box. We have a new P.O. Box, and we want everyone to know. I'm done. Guys, I'm going to see you on the other side. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Folks, we are back on Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall, and I am very excited to be hanging out again with my friend, Dr. Marlene Carr. She's actually not really my friend. She's our friend because she is a friend to both me and my wife and is just an incredible individual. She has over 25 years experience in marketing and promotions, a track record for strategic planning within organizations. Uh, She is one of America's foremost authorities on the subject of human trafficking, and she serves on the Presidential Advisory Board for Human Trafficking. She's also the founder of Rahab's Hideaway and The Switch. And today we're going to be talking about a whole lot of things, glory stories, the vision for survivor housing, uh, future ministry outreaches. Uh, Dr. Carson, welcome back to Discovering Truth with Dan Paul. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dan. It is such a pleasure and an honor to be here with you all today. I'm excited. Well, you know, we're always excited to have you. I'm always excited to get to talk to you, get on the phone, um, talk about vision, talk about what God is building. And, you know, here we are talking about ministry to survivors uh, and, and, and survivors of sex trafficking, survivors of, of horrific abuse backgrounds. Yeah. 
And we've shared elements of your testimony on this podcast before. Uh, you've been on with Christian. You've been on with me. But I want to open up this particular program talking about how, specifically how, you got into the work serving survivors. Dan, I got into the work because there was such a need. I myself am a survivor. I don't call myself a survivor anymore. I am a survivor of domestic minor sex trafficking. And what that means, what that looks like is, uh, yes, I am a survivor of trafficking, but I've um, come through processes and I thrive in business. I thrive in ministry. And my agenda is to um, revive others' dead dreams, visions, and purpose. And so um, I'm an igniter, I'm a disruptor. And I, I, I love what God has created me to be. I absolutely am so in love with God and what he has created me to be. So um, I got into this work because there was such a need. Um, when people saw the process that I had went through, they had begun to ask me things like, can you help my daughter? Can you help my family? Because we learned that I can help victims or we can help my agency can help victims of sex trafficking or sexual abuse. However, if they're going home to some of the same kind of dysfunctions, the same kind of things that didn't, the, the spirits that didn't get broken off of their life, they'll go back into what they just left out of. And so this ministry is a ministry of healing and deliverance and wholeness. And so that's really how I got into the work is wanting to see other people free. Now, was the start of that work Rahab's hideaway? Yes, the start of that work was Rahab's hideaway. Um, I actually, um, I was on a missions trip with my pastor. I broke my ankle on that trip and was flown home um, to have surgery and ended up in a nursing home. And I was in that nursing home and people started calling me saying, hey, uh, my, this guy has my daughter in this place and can you help? And from that nursing home bed, I began to strategically, right, I began to facilitate rescues from the nursing home bed. And so um, literally I heard the Lord speak to me, Rahab's hideaway. And I remember calling my pastor saying, hey, you ever heard of Rahab's hideaway? And finally he was like, no, I think you're supposed to start Rahab's hideaway. And so that's what we did. We literally, from that nursing home bed, the vision, the mission. It's so interesting that I think when I think about it now, I started that ministry from a place of rest and restoration. Even in the nursing home, it was a place where I myself was being healed, where I was being restored, where I was getting vision again. And yeah, it started from that place. Yeah, I didn't even realize that day, literally until right now. Every time we talk, I <clears throat> learn something new about you, Marley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A every time. So uh, it's, you... it's so interesting. The other part of that is the first home that we opened, six bedroom, four bath home, was on Ohio State's campus. And so, right. It's, I mean, the house is still there, of course, and they're still doing great work in that house. And so it was on, on Ohio State's campus, a place of education. My whole agenda is healing and education. This is what I do. Healing, education, and entrepreneurship. This is what I do. When I think about this, I see the, the pathway that I was set on to be able to do the work to bring other captives free. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, and it's so amazing because you're doing, I actually 
went to the Ohio State University, right? That's <laughs> yeah. where I graduated with my bachelor's. Uh, <clears throat> I had no That's idea amazing. about your work on that um, campus. But, you know, when we talk about serving the needs of survivors, uh, particularly in, in your specialization has been up to this point, sex traffic yes. survivors. And uh, when we talk about meeting the needs, you know, there's a whole massive component that we get, which is need for spiritual deliverance and inner healing. Mm -hmm. But I also acknowledge the need for education. And I want to have you talk about that for some time, because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's called putting the pieces, puzzle pieces together to legitimately help people bearing long-term fruit that completely turns their lives around. You need multiple components coming together. Dan, let me tell you, when I first opened Rahab's Hideaway, I thought that they just needed housing. Can I tell you, I quickly found out that that was not the case. Um, victims needed housing. They needed um, health assessments, mental health, jobs, um, the whole plethora. So when we opened Rahab's Hideaway, we had um, a eye doctor, a dentist, a podiatrist, an OBGYN, a general practitioner. I mean, and these, all these people from our communities came together, wrapped themselves around us, including the Department of Social Work from the Ohio State University. They came around us, wrapped themselves around us with services that they weren't charging the victims for. It was really to get some understanding of how did this happen and what can we do to fix it? And so education for me was, was taken when I was just in the eighth grade. I was kidnapped when I was in the eighth grade. And so my education was disrupted. And mm. now I have such a passion for education because there, there's actually reports. One is by um, Annie Casey Foundation that states there's two things that will abolish sex trafficking in the United States. That's education and entrepreneurship. And God has equipped me with the passion for both. I am huge on education. And so that's why even the facilities that we're opening, education is just number one component. We have to be able to disrupt and break the cycle because if, if women that have been trafficked are having children and they don't get education or learn how to sustain their families, what do you think will happen with their babies? We have to break this cycle and the way we do it is through education and entrepreneurship. That's so huge. And mm -hmm. I agree hundred mm percent. -hmm. So you have mm -hmm. to go into the work knowing that on the front end, it, it, what you've done is so amazing. So I, I want to talk a little bit now because, okay, you started at Rahab's hideaway, but there's been a progression. Yes, there has. Explain to us the progression of oh like your <laughs> service yes, <laughs> into yes. this realm. So I was, uh, I just hired a new girl the other day and um, we were talking about this progression. And every time I talk about it, I'm like, dang, I didn't realize that we did all this work. However, we started Rahab's Hideaway in 2008. Um, we, we got a, a team, a group of survivors, stable, consistent, you know, they're, they're pretty compliant to their, their own self-recovery. And then we realized they needed jobs. So we didn't go out here and, and, and have them go get a job. We opened a restaurant. 
we opened a restaurant, we talked them ourselves because one of the things is we have to have employers um, trauma-informed because if, if people are hiring victims of it, trafficking or sexual abuse and they're not aware of the trauma triggers, you can be triggered in the workplace. So what we decided to do was let's open the restaurant, we'll hire, we'll train, and we'll get them to a place where they can handle a job outside of our restaurant. So we opened Bougetto's Soul Food Restaurant. The interesting thing about that, we had a um, food critic come in one day and, and, you know, we were a little nervous about this food critic. Well, about four months later, I get a text and saying, did you know you were on Oprah's website? Oprah's website for what? What are you talking about? Then we get a call from Oprah's producer. Our restaurant was number 45 out of the top 500 soul food restaurants in America. And it, and Oprah, it hit Oprah's ears, okay? And so I'm like, oh my gosh, this is... This is pretty amazing here. And so, and literally we just opened this restaurant with my mother's recipes and it was a huge success. Now we have a catering business. So we still hire the, the ladies to cater and it teaches them a lot of responsibility because really restaurant business is hard work. It's really hard work. So, so we you, moved from the restaurant mm. and then we opened up um, a new life center. The new life center was a counseling center. In our restaurant, you, we had two doors. You can go in one door to the restaurant, go through the restaurant to the counseling center. The interesting thing about that was traffickers didn't know about the counseling center. They didn't know there was a secret door that, you, that these women can get counseling. They can get prayer they can get resources, they can get clothes, they can take a shower. They, they had no idea we were doing all that back there. And so we opened up the counseling center, we called it the New Life Center, and, and we engaged victims, homeless people. We just engaged the community in helping them transition into a place of healing and wholeness as well. So we went from rehabs to the restaurant, to the counseling center, um, to many different social enterprises. We taught, we, well, we teach something called how to create sustainable profit for nonprofits. And some of the ladies wanted to start their own nonprofits. So we actually got them to a place where they can do that themselves. And that's really what this is kind of all about to me is empowering people to do the work of ministry that God has called them to do. And oftentimes it comes through brokenness. Yeah. So you started with Rahab's Hideaway, yeah. built the restaurant to empower entrepreneurship, yeah. got this life center together. I, how, how did things continue? I mean, because eventually you end up on the presidential yeah. advisory board. I mean, where did things go from that work? You know, it's so interesting because uh, <laughs> I remember when I received the call from the White House, it was in April of 2020. And uh, I asked them, how did you guys hear about me? And they said, your work is known all over the country. I also remember receiving a phone call from a renowned pastor. She was in Africa at the time. And she said, I don't know who you are. She said, but your name was just mentioned here in Africa. I'm in a meeting. These people don't even know who I am. They don't even know I know you. But so the work has proceeded, you know, it's definitely gone abroad. We've done a lot in the area of sex trafficking, of policy, of laws, of changing um, just the mindset of these victims 
from being a victim, from being a criminal to a victim. So we've done that and we've done that very well, Dan. All over the country, actually. So, so, so tell me, when you got the call, why did you want to be part of this, like, work? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wanted to be part of the U.S. Advisory Council for three reasons. Mm. I wanted to impact three areas of government, education, transportation, and labor. So in regards to education, um, oftentimes schools from elementary to your graduate schools, they do not want to deal with sex trafficking, thinking that they're, we're going to teach kids sex. No, that's not what we do. And so we, had, we, we need to break some myths and misconceptions around that area. So education is big. To be able to create laws federally to get the schools to be able to uh, uh, adopt those laws and implement programs and systems for school age kids, I think that's, that's huge. Um, the second thing was the Department of Labor. The Department of Labor, um, they actually fund um, school programs. I don't know if you guys know that, but they, they, um, they fund school programs and teaching kids how to build houses. They teach kids like Youth Build. Youth Build is a national organization all over the United States, but they teach kids how to build houses from the ground up. They teach every, and so you become OSHA certified in that. And Department of Labor, to me, um, some of those housing need, needs to belong to victims. Some of those houses that they're building, we need to just tweak some things with the Department of Labor. The Department of Transportation, Dan, um, a lot of movement happens throughout different realms of transportation. I can go spiritually and naturally with that, but I'm going to stick to the natural. Um, when it comes to like train, the Amtrak trains, so much trafficking happens on Amtrak trains, but there's no security. You can, it can happen right in front of you. There's nobody to call. There's nobody that can intervene. There's just passengers there. So we want to imp implement some safety and security on all levels of transportation that the, tra the Department of Transportation govern. That's fascinating. And I see, I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it's, yeah. You have to think about this from the Department of Transportation perspective. Um, transportation is huge when it comes to trafficking. Now you don't have to be transported anywhere to be trafficked. You can be trafficked, Dan, sitting in that room that you're in right now, if there has been an exchange for money for a service. However, it's a huge part of, tra of trafficking because traffickers move victims every two or three days, whether it's by train, plane, bus, Uber, Lyft, all of those, all of those entities are governed by the Department of Transportation. So I want to be able to educate and consult with them and letting them know the, the um, gaps of services that need to be filled. So good. So look, folks, this is the thing about Marlene. Oh, she, God. <laughs> she, she is very committed. Yeah to serving survivors of human trafficking, um, to creating solutions. And she's operating on more than one level. You know, I, I hope to get to the level where I can influence policy at some point, but 
God's opened those doors to you. And he, he's opened a lot of doors. As a matter of fact, folks, this is the thing. Whenever we're talking with Marlene, we're getting another glory story. Yeah. We're getting another testimony. I mean, the supernatural is all over her life. It's, it's actually hard to keep up with. <laughs> and so I, I want to talk a little bit about that because actually, folks, we're, we're building towards something here. We're going to get to it at the end. But I want to have you talk a little bit about some of the miracle provisions, oh Marlene, that God had. Because, look, you began your adulthood in trafficking. I mean, you, yeah. you were married to your trafficker, yeah. years of abuse, and yeah. you got out. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> from a nursing home bed, you started helping people. And, you know, now you, I mean. Wow. It's right? mind blowing. It's mind blowing to me, Dan. And it's happening to me. Literally. It's mind blowing. So can I, can I just jump in and talk about Rahab Soap, that building? Come on. So um, right before COVID hit, I was asked to open up housing for traffic victims. I'm an expert at opening up housing at the policies, at the protocols. I can do it in my sleep. However, uh, in 2013, we had a case, Dan, and the victim was a six-year-old little girl. And I said, I'm quitting. I don't want to do this work. My heart can't handle it. And so I kind of took a sabbatical in 2013 and, um, I worked for, well, I closed down Rahab's Hideaway as my own agency, and I gave it to my sister, who is still managing, she's CEO of Rahab's. And so I started working in policy. Um, so that's when I started to switch. I started working in policy. I had almost made this inner vow that I would never again do housing on my own. I would consult with people and teach them how to do it, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do the direct services. So right before COVID hit, I received a call that there was a building in beautiful Amish country, um, a 32-bed facility um, that was available. And the lady just wanted to have a conversation with me to see if I wanted the building. I turned her down for three months. No, no, no. I do not want this building. Well, then COVID hits. Well, then I would start receiving phone calls from victims. I don't think that when the governors realized that they put a shelter in place order in effect, that victims are sheltering with traffickers. Victims are sheltering with perpetrators. Mm. They are sheltering with buyers. I don't think they understood that. And so either it was shelter in place with this person that's abusing you or be on the street and try to survive the best way you could. So I'm getting calls back to back. We literally put about 80 women in different hotels around the country. And that right there got very expensive, very fast. And so, but we had to keep them safe. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I was open to having the conversation about this nursing home facility. Well, the fact of the matter is when I walked in it, I already knew we were going to get it. I just saw it. I saw the vision of it. The Lord began to show me the rooms. It was amazing. So we did a deal with this lady and we're, we're in the process of purchasing the building right now. But before we even got to signing off the, for the purchase order for this building, a designer called me and said, hey, I heard you're getting this building. I want to design it for you. She brought in 10 designers, Dan, 
and they are actually designing from room to room. It's a t- over a 20,000 square foot building. They're designing from room to room. And then I told another friend and she said, well, I want to adopt the spa. The spa is a uh, two chair uh, beauty salon. Well, now it's going to probably be a four chair. It's going to have massage therapy. It's going to have a nail salon. I mean, it's going to have everything that they need for their cosmetics and for their beauty and all that kind of stuff. Someone else donated a full gym. The equipment is already in the place. Okay. So then I was, it's a nursing home. They've never had bathtubs in their nursing home. So I walk out the door one day and I said, Lord, I really want these ladies to be able to take a bath let them sit in some bubbles, you know, just get relaxed. The next morning I get a phone call, Dan, not get a text. And, and the, this store owner says, Hey, would you happen to need use? Could you use any bathtubs? And I just started laughing like, yeah, we can use bathtubs. And so the bathtubs are the sunken deep bathtubs. They're very, very, very nice. And we needed 20 of them. Okay. So he says, well, I have 24 and I'll give them all to you. These bathtubs value at about $4,000 each. I'll give them all to you for two grand. So we got all the bathtubs. Then someone else says, I want to buy all the linen for your beds. So they did, they bought all the linen for the beds. Oh yeah. I have to tell you about these beds. (laughs) (laughs) How to tell you about these beds. And so, I mean, this is how this works. I am under the conviction, and I'm totally convinced, Dan, when God has a vision, he sends his people to provide for that vision. We wanted these beds. I wasn't even thinking on the scale that God was thinking about these beds. He calls me. He says, Marlene, I have these mattresses if you need them. They are Sealy Postropedic, Memory Foam, 14-inch mattresses, 125 bucks each for you. And so what we did was... I actually posted a Facebook, a post on Facebook, and I said, would anyone be interested in adopting a bed for, or sponsoring a bed for a victim of sex trafficking? Literally in about, I think, four hours, all the beds were paid for. And so this is how this has been working. I can tell you story after story after story. We have created a book, Dan, called Miracle Moments That Last a Lifetime. And this book, eventually, I keep saying we need to um, publish it every year, but so much keeps happening when this book is going to be published because stories after story after story. My goodness. Two days ago, Dan, now, I don't even deal with Lowe's. Two days ago, Lowe's calls me and says, I hear you're doing some work up there with a 32 bed. Can you come and get some donations we have? Well, we went, me and my brother, my truck is full. I have a moving truck, Dan, that is full of materials that Lowe's just gave us. I love when God does that. I love, and so it's like the noise sheds abroad. It's almost like the the woman with the two fish in the fire, the bullet board, the two fish in the fire. It just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading and, and Jesus keeps blessing it. So where, where, where are things with this 32 bed facility? Ooh, 32 and by bed. the way, how, how much is it worth? <laughs> it's about $2 million. How it's much? Two million. 2 million. Oh my gosh. So the interesting part about that, um, uh, about a year or so ago, we get a new board member who was a developer and an expert in real estate. So he comes out 
he checks it out, has his team check it out. The building is in immaculate condition. I mean, moving ready. Without, with the exception of the fact that we have to, it can't look like a nursing home for the girls to move in, for the ladies to move in it. So we have some cosmetic things. Other than that, then this is 32 beds, three kitchens, uh, one commercial kitchen, uh, the spa, the gym. It's absolutely everything, the clinic, everything that they need on, on nine acres of land. On those nine acres, we're putting a greenhouse. So we're gonna teach the ladies to grow their own food. Uh, we will also teach them how to have a farmer's market where they can generate income for their own, you know, for their programs. So the bill is um, valued about $2 million and we actually are getting it for 840. <laughs> 840 and, and uh, when you're ready for your housing, I'm gonna show you how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to show you how to do that. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and uh, she initially um, wanted to give it to us for a dollar a month for 20 years, Dan. And a dollar a month for 20 years. The lady's the older lady who owns it. She's probably around 80 years old herself. And I just took it into prayer and I said, Lord, what direction do we go? He said, no, you need to buy it. And I said, okay, Lord, well, we don't have this money. How are we going to buy it? And he gave me a strategy like mm. he often does. Mm. And the strategy was you ask 1500 people for $1,000. And, and I said, okay, so the 1500, the reason why we need the 1.5 is so we can have some cushion to get some things done and have do some programming while we're in the process of getting licensed. And so um, the strategy is a campaign called pieces of a dream. And so we're offering the opportunity for people to become a piece of someone else's dream to get them back on their feet again. When they donate the thousand dollars, they will receive a puzzle piece or they can have one of our art, art directors create a puzzle piece with their name, with their company name, with their church name, with their youth group name. And on the walls of our facility, we are creating a 1500 piece puzzle. It looks so powerful. The drawing of this thing looks so powerful because what that says to victims of sex trafficking who feel abandoned, who feel rejected, who, who feel like they're not accepted in their community, 1500 people have put their money, will put their money where they're heart is and say, no, we love you. We want to support you. We want to help you. That changes the game. There's another statistic I read, Dan, that said if one person shows um, how they care about one other person that's gone through trauma, it absolutely changes their perspective of life. You guys, what you what Bright Ministry has done, what you and Christian have done in my life gives me what I need to keep going. It changes everything. Uh, and I'm going to tell this story. I don't know if you knew I was going to tell this story or not. You probably didn't. I did not. I don't even know what story you're talking I know, about. I already know you didn't. So I oh was telling Christian the other day. I was writing a book and I started the book with prayer. And I promised that I literally tapped into your anointing. I tapped into your anointing and I can hear your voice as I was typing this prayer for this book. And see, when we, when you connect with people, when you connect with their anointing, when you connect, even in the, in the manner of sowing, you reap a harvest off of that. 
And most of us need to understand this is just not about giving money at all. This is about sowing into something where you want to see yourself, where you want to see your ministry, where you want to see your children, where you want to stop and break cycles. When I was able to tap into your anointing, Dan, and literally, I'm telling you, when you read this book, you're going to be blown away. You're going to be blown away when you read this. Yeah. I might have to send you a copy of it. I hope you do. (laughs) No, I'm talking about before it comes out because it's, I've sent it to um, uh, one of the publishers and she told me she's read it five times. She can't put it down. She's like, this is the best that I, it's an anthology project, which is a project of multiple authors. And she said, George is the best by far in here. Mm -hmm. And I realized, Dan, this is, I don't carry that anointing, Dan, you do. This is why when people sow, when people give, when people tap in, I mean, it's literally like I envision a nurse doing a blood draw. Mm. And you're literally tapping into a vein of an anointing that you carry to transfer it to someone else. This is what happens. Well, here's, here's the thing. Marlene, when Elisha, sowed years of his life in service to Elijah. Yeah. The mantle went up to heaven. God gave it back and there was a double portion. There, wow. There, there, is, there, there is something that transacts through the government of God when, when people sow into what others carry. You My know, God. the interesting thing, when you look at New Testament apostles, right? When they were in the church at Jerusalem, Mm-hmm. The apostles had kind of gathered themselves, right? And, and, and they were in fellowship and communion. Okay. And the glory was so heavy on them. The people were nervous about drawing close to them in proximity. Be- but one level of this was the exchange of anointings. And right. when you watch how things work in the natural, right? You see, uh, for instance, a prophetic anointing come into alignment with an apostolic anointing. Oh, yes. You you have the mind of God and the hammer of the master builder joint. And the master builder becomes more prophetic and the prophet gets their stuff done. Yes. Yes. Sometimes prophets be flying around but they don't quite land it. And, and when you see Uh anointings coming into collaboration and the Bible says, you know, that God has established the church on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Like even when God's setting up foundation work, he is calling for an exchange of anointings, what, what people carry. Right. And, and, and this is part of the reason why, the Bible describes the body of Christ as a body because there's supposed to be a flow that goes from one area to the other. Ephesians says, fitly joined together. <laughs> it's fitly joined together. We can't exist without one another. We are the body. We're it. So if there is like, if there is a... Uh, I'm going to say a lymphoid 
Mm. And it has inflammation. There is a hindrance to the flow. In the body of Christ, we cannot have hindrances of flow. And the hindrance of flow normally comes when we don't have a, a understanding of what is happening in the realm of the spirit. That's when we have a hindrance, when we don't tap into the word of God and really get the revelation of what God is wanting to do. It's the will of God. Dan, I'm just want to be honest with you all. I never wanted to go around the world telling people I was a prostitute. Okay. There's nothing glorious about it. There's nothing glamorous about it. I have children and grandchildren. That is nothing that I was so proud of. But I am going to tell you, and you helped me to see this. I was proud to know that I volunteered for this. That You know, I absolutely, when I came into that revelation, Dan, I do it every day of my life now. I have an understanding now. Have I understand? Dan, I came into the advance this past. I'm ready to cry. Oh my God. I came into the advance in November. Was it November? When was November? Still asking God why. Why did my life have to go like this? Why couldn't I just be the one? I was modeling Dan, and now, you know, we had a good future. And I wanted to just go to college. I wanted to get married, have the white picket fence and two cats and a dog and a house on the hill with, with, you know what I'm saying? And it all was interrupted by the will and the plan of God. And I couldn't understand it. People even look at me now when they say, but both of your parents were in the household. I'm the youngest of five siblings. We all were church going. It didn't make sense. It only makes sense in the realm of the spirit because God had a plan and God had a plan for my life that I didn't even know or understand. So literally I came to the advance last year when you, when they exposed to me the night 2019 advance and you talked about being a volunteer. Oh my God. I was so humbled to know that God, you allowed me to volunteer for your work. You allowed me to, oh man, I will do this for the rest of my days then, no matter what it takes. I'm sold out totally. I'm sold out. And I love it. I love it. So this is the thing, Marlene. We talk about exchange of anointing. One of the things that you carry quite clearly is anointing for advocacy. Yeah. I'll tell you, you pull in advocates. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 no sure. one's business. Every time, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you keep track of the number of people <laughs> that you know. Then, you know, that's so funny. I, I, I had to get a new phone uh, <laughs> a couple of months ago and they were, um, looking at my cloud, the, you know, Verizon cloud. He says, ma'am, do you realize you have 23,000 phone numbers in your phone? He said, I've never seen anyone with 23,000 numbers in their phone. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, um, 
you said it, Dan. God has made me a magnet. You said it. God has made me a magnet to bring in people um, to help them fulfill the will of God. That's what it's all about. To activate and ignite the fire of God in them to get them on a different path or even to continue on the path that they're on with the fervency they need to accomplish a task. That's what I do. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that. I'm like, <laughs> oh, goodness. it's <laughs> a lot of conversations. That's what I, I know, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Because we serve such a humongous God. We can't limit him to what he wants to do and what he wants to do through you, through me, through the, those that call him father. We cannot limit him. The world needs us. If the world ever needed us, they need us now for real. Well, look, um, we, I, I want to come back around to this. Now, now, folks, right? There is something that I've been talking about for a long time. Right? We here at Bride Ministries want to build Survivor House. We want to build it uh, here in Texas. We are believing God for all kinds of things here at Bride Ministries. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you the honest truth. We have a very temporary situation right now uh, where we are meeting um, for our church. Uh, but we, we're believing God for a building. We, we, as of this recording, we're still looking for local office space and we just transitioned to Houston. So we're still putting things in place, but we're believing God and we're believing God for land. We're believing God for survivor housing. And if there's one thing I know, uh, <laughs> sometimes to reap, mm -hmm. you have to sow. Have to sow. So uh, Marlene, tell me about this opportunity to sow into what you guys are building in Ohio for sure. traffic housing. I mean, what, what, what's this opportunity? The opportunity, I'm gonna give you three ways and, and three reasons, three opportunities to sow into this. Um, the opportunity is we're asking, we have a, a need. Um, but I want to say it's an opportunity. I don't even want to say it's a need, Dan, because we know God's providing. Mm. So our opportunity is to, to um, oh gosh, how do I even want to say this? Our opportunity is to gather um, funds to, to complete the payment of this building. We need about $440,000. And um, should I say that? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> so we need about $440,000. Um, and so we're asking to partner, partner with the vision, partner, you know, this is the oper a great opportunity to sow into a ministry that is going to change the lives of victims of sex trafficking. It's going to change the community. It's actually going to change our country because Dan, this is a pilot. This is a pilot that can be duplicated for any population. So what even what Bride is doing, right, and the, what their survivor housing, this will be a pilot. We will work out the kinks of what this type of survivor housing looks like. This will be a pilot that we can duplicate all over the world, literally. So this is an opportunity to sow. It's, it's like planting the seed. I keep envisioning this greenhouse, this greenhouse that looks like nothing right now. Pretty soon it will have vegetation in it. It will have flowers in it. It will have food in it. 
This is an opportunity to sow into a vision, to sow into a ministry to help change the lives of people literally from all over this country. Wow. Yeah. So folks, this is, this is what I'm saying. You know, uh, we talked about this, this uh, vision to acquire the building and buy it out. Um, And I want to encourage you guys that listen to this podcast. I mean, you know, if you believe in housing solutions for survivors, we have a long-term vision that we're still building toward. I mean, we're, we're still trying to get it mapped out on paper, but what Marlene is doing is happening right now. Yeah. And uh, Marlene, I, I want you to tell us how people can support, like, where do they go? And uh, what did they do? Okay, so you can go on to www.rahabshopeofohio.org um, and you can sew there. You can um, send a physical check. If people, some of us still use those. <laughs> you can send a physical check to um, Rahab's Hope of Ohio, 178 West Rock Road, Suite B as in Boy, Westerville, W-E-S-T-E-R-B-I-L-L-E, Ohio, 43081. Um, you can send Cash App, Vimo, Zelle, all of them at, uh, at Rahab's Hope of Ohio or at Marlene Carson. I- I'll give you all those if you want to post those. Um, yes. But there, there are so many ways that you can give to this. And also because we have a component for missions, Dan, a lot of missionaries have not been able to do missions work because of COVID, they're not been able to travel like normal. So we have a missions component to um, Rahab Soap of Ohio, where if you are a missionary and you wanna serve, you can come and serve. We can, we have housing there for you. You can come and serve and, and help us build this greenhouse. You can come and help us serve and help us with these women. So there is so much opportunity. You can find most of that on Rahab Soap of Ohio website. Hmm. Yeah. That is so exciting. And, you know, folks, uh, I didn't tell Marlene this before we got on the phone. So it's kind of Uh-oh. a little payback. Uh-oh. <laughs> but we uh, had a bit of a conversation amongst our board and Bride Ministries is going to be sewing $40,000. Oh, my God. Into this vision. Whoa, thank you. We believe in you, Marlene. And, and, and moreover... We believe in the message. We believe in God, yeah. God's promises. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you, <laughs> we want the advocacy anointing <laughs> <laughs> because we have fought so many battles, Marley. <laughs> and sometimes I think about it, I'm like, God, we need to sow into what this woman carries. And we are. We, we, we as an organization, as a church, wow. we are going to be sowing into this um, we believe in survivors. We, we believe in them. We're, we've been raising for this for a long time. And so I, I, I just want you to know that uh, we fully endorse you. And we're excited about future partnerships because God has linked us together. Yes. We're going to build things together. And yes. um, see, this is what happens when, when you have people such as Dan Duvall. <laughs> touching my personal life 
with what he believes, the vision, the mission, the person, you know what I'm saying? That makes a change then, um, not only in my life, but I will share that with victims' lives. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that love and that compassion and that willingness to do changes everything because you're talking to victims who felt like they never had value, that they were worthless. You know what I'm saying? I myself even went through that process. And so for me to go from literally a house of, I'm just going to say it like I would say it. I told someone the other day, I went from the whorehouse to the white house, Dan, hmm. literally only because my steps are ordered by God. And God has allowed Dan and Christian and Bride to believe and partner with something that I never thought was imaginable. That keeps me going. That is another reason why I will never stop. And as far as the Bride Ministries having those housing, I can't wait. (laughs) I literally can't wait because I I just want to give back what God has given me. You know what I'm saying? I just want to sew that back into your vision. And thank you so much for believing in my vision and what God has given us. I think it's absolutely powerful. So for others to partner with Bride to sew into Rahab's hope, to me, that is absolutely powerful. It's absolutely powerful. Folks, uh, let me say this. Um, God has a a special place in his heart for survivors of of sex trafficking, of satanic ritual abuse, of deep trauma. Mm -hmm. And uh, I know that the work Marlene is doing, the work we're doing is is, is ministering Mm -hmm. to that place in the father's heart. And I know that from this point forward, going into the future, you know, and I'm just going to say this, there have been a lot of illegitimate outreaches to survivors of sex trafficking. I say illegitimate because there are front nonprofit organizations Mm -hmm. set up by traffickers and their advocates Mm -hmm. that work to collect money and maintain an ecosystem of bondage. And God is bringing a change to that Mm -hmm. in this hour. He is raising up legitimate Mm -hmm. outreaches that are actually going to set people free. And he's going to transition the wealth. Yes. And so folks get excited. There, There are very good things ahead. Yes, I totally believe that, Dan. And unfortunately, some of the victims that we've helped over the years have been a victim to some of those organizations. The other thing is, Dan, and the, uh, I think in August it comes out, there's a book coming out called The Re-Exploitation of the Exploited. Mm. And there's mm, about 1,500 victims of sex trafficking that are exposing what's happened to them in programs that traffickers started, that they've been exploited in one way or another. And it's really, it's 
at first I didn't even want the book to come out. Um, I did not initiate this project because I felt like it was going to give a black eye to the movement. But what I come to realize and understand, the scriptures even tells you to mark them. And so people need to know where if they have a, know a victim of sex trafficking or have a child or, or come in contact with a victim, they need to know that these victims are getting the care and the safety that they need and not being re-exploited. So I'm actually endorsing that book project. And, um, and, and it is my hope and prayer that we drive them all out, period. Mm-hmm. We drive them out. We have to. Mm. Oh my gosh, this is great, Dan. This is great. Thank you. Well, folks, um, get excited. There's a lot of good things coming. Dr. Marlene Carson is raising funds at rehabshopeofohio.org. I want to encourage you um, to support what she's doing. And, and uh, with that said, did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to leave us with today? My thought is this, Dan. I would like to give an opportunity for 400 folks that partner with this ministry to just sow $1,000 into the ministry and let's get this wrapped up so we can get the work done. That, that's it. Yeah. Well, there it is, folks. Uh, Dr. Marlene Carson. Uh, we are going to be talking more in the future. You know that. And <laughs> so this is just goodbye for the moment. Folks, until next time, God bless and God speak. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.